Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. After we'd been in the band uh, for a couple of months, I called up my mom and I said, Mom, we're changing the name. We're not the Butthole Surfers anymore. And she goes, oh, thank God, son. <laughs> she goes, what's the name of your band now? And I said, shit, sex. <laughs> and... And she said, I think I like the butthole thing better. <laughs> you believe in the Bible, do you, Carl? Yes, sir, a good deal of it. And I can't understand all of it. And... Well, I can't understand none of it. This one begat that one, and that one begat this one, and begat and begat, and lo and behold, someone says some shit to someone or another. Just how retarded are you? Ty Webb, Heavy Longmire, Gustav Matteblanc. Is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second? This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato, enlighten me. I got Conway Twitty, Loretta Lynn, Louisiana Woman, Mississippi oh, Man album the other day. Did you? Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up because I've got something I wanted to ask you about. Okay. As I was digging through just a box of junk the other day, I was like, "What here in this in this garage right. in this a box garage. of junk?" I was like, "What in the hell is this?" And, and I found a an old, not an old. I mean, fifteen year old CD case. Yeah, like one that would. Yeah, the, throw in a glove box, right. you know. I'm like, huh. So I start flipping through it, and shit, it wasn't that old, because there were some CDs I made, I don't even remember, five or six years ago making CDs, but right. evidently I'd burned some Magnolia Electric Company. Oh, wow, it's not that long. To, no. Yeah. To s- some CDs and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I put that in the car, then I keep thumbing through, and I find a John Connolly's Greatest Hits. Were you ever a John Connolly fan? Not anywhere near as much as you. Oh man! Now, I don't, I don't dislike John Connolly, but right now, gun to my head, all I could tell you was "Rose-Colored Glasses," the only uh, song that I could think of. Yeah, that was a John Connolly. But yesterday, they were talking about on the ticket during the concert calendar, and you know, this is weeks out by the time people hear this. So this is a long time ago by yeah. then. But they're talking about John Anderson coming to town. And John Dan- Anderson. And Dan- Danny said, rose-colored glasses. And I'm like, what? No. You know, and then finally somebody corrected him. Yeah. That it was, uh, Conley was rose-colored glasses. But yeah, I I can't tell you any others right off the top of my head. I know I know them. Oh, yeah. But the, I just uh, can't think of man, them. Man, I popped it in the CD player that I wasn't even sure actually worked in right. the car. I hadn't used it in forever. And it worked. Evidently, it's a six disc changer. Oh. Matter of fact, I didn't know that, or I'd forgotten that. I think I've got some Bob Dylan CDs stuck in the Expeditions six disc changer that yeah probably are stuck there forever. Right, never have gotten it fixed because it costs like six hundred dollars or something. Yeah, right, and uh, so no, yeah, that's good stuff. And our on the episode that you and Ty, that first episode you and Ty did without me when y'all were mourning the death of. Uh, Don Williams. Right. I saw Don Williams one time. Did you now? I did. Remember when used to do the concerts yep. over in the t- 
That's so damn specific, but okay. You're right. <laughs> uh, Don, when they used to have them out there at, I believe it. Again, this is going to be so much bleeping. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you don't care. You, the, don't, have to, uh, you don't have to deal with the shit. Right. Don was one of the opening acts. The same, it was him, then Sawyer Brown, then Garth Brooks, and then this was right when Garth's first right. CD had come out. And then Reba. I believe that was the show. Garth might have been the next year after that. But, uh, yeah, Don comes out and he sits on a stool the whole time. Uh-huh. And uh, it was awesome. I had a Don Williams concert t-shirt for a while. I do remember that. Yeah. But I don't think I ever put together that. Yeah, that's where I got that. Well, that's a fascinating story here yeah. on Can You Hear Me? The podcast where two guys talk about classic uh, country. Old country, guys. Actually, we're normally three guys. If this is your first time listening or the first time listening in like two months, ideally we have three people here. Now, your only consistent member that's always here for you because he loves you is me, Gustav Monteblanc. And because he owns the equipment. And I'm the only one that knows how to use the equipment. That too. I would gladly hand the equipment over. In fact, I've got an extra mixer that I'll just leave with you. That's all right. So you can record... I don't want to burden you. Fish fry recipes. I don't want to burden you. The uh, I am Heavy Longmire, America's favorite, the one and only. And our third partner here in spirit, I guess, would be Ty Webb. He's off doing magnificent things. To magnificent looking people. I'm sure. I, I have no doubt. You can find us on Twitter. I am at Real Gustav. And I am at Longmire Heavy. And Ty is at TyWeb3000. We also have a uh, show po- uh, Twitter account, Can You Hear Me Pod, on Twitter. Uh, Instagram's Can You Hear Me Pod. Tumblr's Can You Hear Me Pod. Our website's CanYouHearMePod.com, where you can find all of our old episodes. I guess we've got other places, too. You know, whatever. You'll find us. Look for us. I guess that's about it. Oh, the email, CanYouHearMePod at gmail.com. So Let us hear from you. We love to hear from you. In fact... We've got some stuff from folks right now. All right. Off of the Twitters. Let's see what we got here. Jay Cranfield asks, Is it possible to have a relaxing and enjoyable camping trip with your four- and two-year-old sons and your 15-year-old deaf, nearly blind, and possibly retarded dog? No. Absolutely not. Not possible. It's not possible to have a good time with your children camping to begin with, I believe. Not that age. Not not a good time in that manly good time. It's a good time as in, you know, building memories good time. And I'm using all that, putting, saying all that in air quotes there. Building memories. But, uh, yeah. You're going to have moments of good times? Because, like, taking your kids hiking in the woods, that's a short duration thing, right? Right. You're going to have a little moment. But dealing with your two-year-old and four-year-old for an even entire 24-hour period camping, there's going to be plenty of bad times in that. Okay, well, I would be anxious to know what kind of camping Jay Cranfield is doing. Yeah, Jay Is Cran- this ca- camping in a cabin, or is this camping in a tent? Yeah, Cranfield's not going to have a good time in a tent, period. No. In fact, I think there was a statement that was pretty adamant that he didn't want any part in anything that we would be up to in the woods. Right. So I agree that Cranfield Camping is... It's probably in an air-conditioned cabin out in the woods right. somewhere. I mean, because when, when you got the little ones, 
you're going to have to deal with the bathroom issue. Now, with boys, you can just have them pee everywhere. Right. But there's no doubt one of them's going to need to take a dump. Yeah. And then you're going to have, if you don't have a, you know, teaching a kid to crap in the woods is not easy. Yeah. I mean. That proper stance is difficult The stance to is learn. difficult. You're going to have some uh, pissed lean on against, pants. you got to lean against a tree and. You know, and if not, then you got to try to get them up to a, a bathroom somewhere. And then, you know, you know, yeah, somebody's going to have shit in their pants at some point. Yeah. The bottom of their britches leg. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to be good. Not going to be pretty. So uh, maybe you need to find something else to do, Cranfield. But by this time, I'm sure we're going to get a, re- a report <laughs> by the time this airs. Um, tell Stevens, yeah. longtime friend of the show, ask, has, have you ever eaten butter on Nilla wafers? I have not. Now, when he posted this the other day... I saw that today. I was shocked. The concept of spreading butter onto a Nilla wafer... <laughs> I've never done it. I'm not above it, though. I, I've I have just a never, feeling... I've just never thought about it. Yeah, this is a... Uh, uh, that's out there. Now, I'm not an over-butterer. I'm an over-butterer. No, it's... I, I don't put butter on my bread. What the fuck? What? I, it wasn't until adulthood that I would put butter on pancakes. What the shit? I shit you not. That's crazy. Now I use butter to cook. Yeah. For my fried eggs. Yeah. On my cast iron yeah. griddle. Yeah. Yeah. Using that butter there. All of my grandmother's recipes called for lots of butter and lots of sugar. Well, butter in the recipe, that's fine. I'm just saying I'm not over buttering the finished product. She put butter and sugar on everything. Yeah. Vegetables. I mean, oh, Mrs. Mrs. Gustav will she runs through the tubs of butter. Yeah. Now we got into where we often have the you use uh, butter or margarine. We use the spreadable butter. Okay, with the olive oil in it. With the olive oil in it. Yeah. Okay. I uh, mean, we still have regular butter, but no, we don't use. I I can't. I'm not sure that since I've been with her, I've seen margarine in our refrigerator. Right. Now that was a standard at home, right? This is, I grew up with the tub of country crock. Yeah, well, it was blue bonnet. Okay, uh, so we did country crock. I think she might have switched to country. My mom might have switched to country crock later on, but it was definitely blue bonnet. Those were always some sexual commercials, weren't they? Those country crock commercials. You just saw their hands. Yeah, their hands. Yeah, you're like, I know that hands jerking you off in a minute type yeah. thing, and uh, with the margarine. No, no, my wife's always been a. She was a pure butter gal. Yeah. And I don't think I'd ever had real butter until we started cohabitating. Cohabitating in sin? Yeah. And uh, I'm like, huh, this shit's pretty damn good. There you go. I like it. Yeah. It was always, uh, just always margarine. I don't... Because back then, that was supposed to be healthier. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Try this hydrogenated oil. That's well, better for have you, you ever seen the uh, any of the ads for it back during like World War II? They were pushing it then for because uh, you were getting extra vitamins and stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. And I think maybe in England, you know, because they went, they were under rationing not just during the war, even after the oh, war, yeah. for they years. Were, they were broke. They were fucked over. But I don't think margarine was rationed at all, whereas butter was heavily rationed. So you could have all the margarine you wanted. Yeah. So there's like a whole generation. And there was a really good show. I think it's called The Supersizers Go and then dot, 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 where this uh, food critic and then a comedian, they would showcase a certain era of British history and eat all the food that would have been common. 
and they would dress up and do bits and stuff too. But when they did the World War II era, they were talking about how there was a whole generation that grew up during the war and the post-war mm-hmm. rationing that once the food came back, they didn't like what they'd been missing. Like they were all used to these shitty powdered eggs. The uh, kids would. Yeah. Because you only got one egg a week or something. Right. Per person. So these kids grew up eating these nasty powdered eggs for their scrambled eggs. And when the eggs finally came back, nobody they didn't liked like them. them. Gotcha. And the reason that there were so few eggs is they killed all the, not all, they killed most of the chickens in England to save grain that would have been fed to the chickens. Uh, I mean, that's, yeah. We don't, I mean, how could, I mean, I know that there was rationing in the U.S., but not can you imagine, level, not on that level, okay, we're going to kill all these chickens. Yeah. So it's just fascinating stuff. It's huh. a really good uh, series. I think it's on Hulu still. And they go through uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, and then way back into crazy stuff. And Well, that's probably why, For I mean, because when I think of, and I know it's not true, I don't think, but when I think of British food, I think of bad, bland food. And it's probably because even after post-war, they just stuck with what they had been rationed on and i think they had just shitty food to begin with you think so yeah okay. and we so. have some listeners in the uk according to the download stuff and i would welcome your takes on british food i've never been to great britain so i don't have a wide breadth of yeah british food i've had, eaten at like british pubs in the u.s and so you always wonder like how authentic that it is. is i mean some of it's probably pretty close but some of it's like well you know i don't know yeah. if this is a really the same thing. Kind of like going to Nebraska and eating at a Mexican food restaurant. That's not what they're having. Right, right. You know. Uh, or the Chinese food buffets here. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I like American Chinese food. Oh, I do too. But, man, when you can have the real stuff, some some of what I've had, like when I was in the Bay Area working, mm-hmm. holy shit. Like, if we could have that. It's good. Know, oh, yeah. Like the dumplings and stuff. Yeah. That's great. Really? Yes. Huh. You would, I don't know. I, I would say you would like it, but I'm not sure. If you like it, I'm sure I would like it. I would hope so. You know what we need to have? And my Vietnamese work wife got me turned on to this in Philadelphia. Uh, Vietnamese banh mi sandwiches. Oh, they're so damn good. So it's on like a French baguette. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, it's like a head cheese, but that's not what I would ever eat. They also make like a... For lack of a better term, a barbecue beef, or I mean pork. Yeah. And it's got cilantro, and oh, they're spicy, and they're damn good. And I think we could get them down towards, uh, towards Plano. Yeah, over in Richardson. I know East I think, side I, of 75. I think I'm at sure the can... 99 market or whatever, they sell those too at the big yeah. Asian supermarket. Yeah. you would. I think you would love those. Huh. They're great. Well, maybe we'll get those when we finally do our Vietnam uh, documentary oh, series. We have like a whole. Let's just get a big old bag of crab ragoons and. I don't like crab ragoons. You don't like crab ragoons. I don't like crab ragoons. I mean, they're okay, but it's not. Oh, man, I love those things. No, I like. Uh... You can just eat fortune cookies. Is there <laughs> anything more American? Yes. There, Is there any no... more bastardization of an ethnic food and just making some shit up? Than the fortune cookie. We need to have a. I would be interested if I because 
I used to be one of the pickiest eaters oh, ever. Yes, and I certainly have spread my uh, my horizons. So I would be curious if I could find you know things that I would eat now that probably Ty is eating or would eat to see how they would go with heavy, such as uh, some of the, your Asian fare. Like yeah, like, I'm, I'm not like Afghan. I, you, like I've been to Afghan restaurants. No, I've never done any of that stuff, and it's interesting, you know. Now, there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, no, I don't like this. Like, there's there's some Indian food that I love. And then I don't there's like some, curry. And then there's some Indian food that I'm like, no, no, we're not doing this at all. Yeah, I don't, I don't like curry. I'm not big on curry. But like tandoori chicken, that's just chicken with some pretty damn good spices that's, you know, in a Sounds tandoori good. oven. Sounds good. But, Man, I got some tacos the other day at the taqueria. Yeah. That, uh was the most peculiar texture. It was uh, pork belly. Okay. I'm like, well, shit, I like pork. Of course. I'm sure I'll love the pork belly tacos. <sighs> I don't know that I've ever had a pork belly taco. It was it was odd. It was like, I can't even describe it. It was, I'm almost thinking that it was like what, you, what they would make, uh, chicharrones. Yeah. With... You know, with egg, mix it with eggs. Uh-huh. I'm thinking it was that, but it was it was a very odd texture, and uh, luckily I had plenty of hot sauce to put on it, and I just choked it down. Right. So I had I got two of those, and then two barbacoa tacos, and yeah, it was it was odd. I don't think I've ever had them. Now that I think about it, I'll I'll check it. Mine. I'm curious. Yeah, because I'm I'm always willing to try it. Yeah, and just it was like almost it. like. It wasn't fried enough, and I asked my Hispanic coworker, my Mexican coworker, I was like, "Is this what this is supposed to look like?" He's like, "Yeah." Huh. I was like, "Huh? Okay." Was it chewy? No, it just it didn't look like it was fried enough, cooked enough, or something. I, it was just it was odd. It was I can't even explain it. It was real delicate, textured. Uh-huh. I mean, like a fish almost. I mean, it wasn't anything like fish, but I'm just thinking of something delicate yeah, like that, that you, could you compare know? it to. Yeah, it was. It was strange, and uh, yeah, I'm always I don't, I don't venture as f- on my especially with Asian food. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of good. I like Mediterranean food. Yeah, uh, there's a good Greek place down the street here. I like I like that stuff. Can you a good Greek salad? The, yeah, good Greek salad, which sounds like a really bad euphemism for something. All right, we got one here from Megan. Of Megan's Movie Podcast. Ah, Miss Megan. And I don't like this one at all. Uh-oh. At all. Uh-oh. It says, FMK, Towns, Guy Clark, Glenn Campbell. Now, FMK tra- mean? traditionally means you're making the choice of fuck, comma, marry, comma, kill. Oh. But I don't like that. I'm not a, I'm not a violent man. No. Who are the choices, though? Towns, Van Zant, Guy Clark, and Glenn Campbell. So I would rather change this to... Friend, uh, muchacho, and kick out. Kick out? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I know who I'd kick out. You're going to kick out Glenn Campbell. Absolutely. And I'm going to kick out Glenn Campbell. Okay. I would make Towns my friend. Yeah. But I would make Guy Clark my muchacho. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because, you know, Glenn, if I have to pick between these three, he's probably not who I want to hang out with. No. I mean, I he might be fine, but if I'm going to get to be, I mean... One of my favorite songs in the world. And I know that's, we say that a lot. Yeah. 
if I had no place to fall, that song right there gets me in the feels. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know that man that wrote that song. Yeah. Now, what I know about Towns, knowing that man might be very hard. Yeah. So I don't want I don't him think, to be. I don't think you could know that man. No, but even you could just, hang out with that dude. But dealing with his bullshit. Yeah. Whereas Guy, I think Guy would be down to earth and yeah, and he yeah he, he yeah died. he's passed yeah. yeah golly, I wanted you, to see him. Did, did you, you ever, ever see him? Oh yeah, yeah yeah I forgot a couple about of that. times. Yeah, I, but I saw him the most famous amongst us. It was he was doing uh he he'd released Dublin Blues the album. Oh, so good. And I went down to Sons of Herman Hall because there was a time in my life when I was not very uh successful with the ladies had a lot of time on my hands yeah and i would go see music a lot by myself yeah down in dallas i would go to sons of herman hall and poor david's back when sons was yes or no 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 it's still where it's always yeah it's always been where poor david's Uh, poor david's moved they're on greenville yeah yeah anyway but yes and i would go see all of these our heroes heroes yeah I never did go see Towns because he was always at Port of David's, and I was like, ah, I'll go see him later. Yeah. And it was always, uh, you know. So yeah, I yep. kicked myself for that. But I went down and I saw a guy at Sons of Herman. I guess the, I always saw him at Sons of Herman. Anyway, I took my CD. So I'm anxious, not anxious, but energetic young Gustav because I'm probably like <laughs> 20 or whatever. And I take it to him and I'm like, did you sign my C- and he's signing stuff. It wasn't just right. like me going up and whipping his ass. And he's like, "Yeah, I can sign that for you." And I said, "You know, Mister Clark, I had a dream about me and you eating mussels out of a bucket of wet sand in the back of a Walmart last night." <laughs> and he just laughed and shook his head and signed. You know, who do I sign it to? And so he signed it. And, uh, uh, so I saw him a couple times there at Sons of Herman, and then uh, yeah, I don't think I ever saw him at the airport then. In the later years, but I didn't talk to him then. Oh, you saw him in the airport? Yeah. In L.A. or Dallas? No, it's Dallas. He's walking past. And I was like, holy shit, that's Guy Clark. Really? Yeah. The uh, I don't think I ever saw him. He's good. Yeah, I know I never did. Um, I never did. Saw him, uh, saw him by himself, or I think by himself. And then, I know he had a son with him playing, just doing, the son was just playing backup for him. Mm-hmm. It wasn't one of those ones where, Hey, here's my kid. Right. Which, if you're like me, and I think you are, it's never good. It's always an ass whip. I've never seen one where I was like, wow. No, he was just backing him. Yeah. And then I saw him. He did a songwriter showcase thing, and I think it was him and Jimmy LaFave. Oh, shit. Jimmy's got cancer. Did yeah, you know that? Yeah, I knew that. I can't He's, remember who the third guy was, but it was good, too. It was like, yeah. holy shit. Jimmy yeah. Flave was the worst. Wow. I think, if I remember right, of these three people. That's saying a lot. It may I, have been Joe Ely. Really? I like to think about it, because... Well, was, was that at Sons, too? That was at Sons of Herman Hall, too, yeah. Because wow. there were three of them, and they would, they would take turns, and they would play, and they'd sit there on their stool, yeah. and you know, watch the other one yeah. play, and they would talk, and it was great. Have you ever seen the videos of... It's Guy and Steve Earle... And Robert Earl Keane and somebody else. Can't remember who. But they're doing town songs. I don't think have I've you ever seen, seen those videos. Robert do that. No, so I must have missed out on this. And, I'll have to uh, look for it. It's it, Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's those three. Somebody else is in there, too. There's four of them. 
can't remember who the fourth one is. It's really good, and it's fairly recent because it's Fat Robert Earl, right? And uh, and Fat Steve. Well, Fat Steve's been around for a right. Long he's time. been around for about fifteen years, but it's, since he got out of prison, he's been fat. Yeah, and uh, but no, it's it's good. They're doing town songs. Yeah, towns. Man, that guy. He had an interesting life. It was a hard life. Yeah, and and to listen to, I mean, because Steve Earl, you know, that was his hero. Yeah, you know, and I mean, hell, he named his son after him. Going back to the father son, right? No, not a fan of Justin Towns Earl. Yeah, I mean, he's all right. He, he's, but he's got some stuff that I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, but he's not. He's not. As, he's not his daddy. Did you ever see the? I want to say it was in Austin City Limits. Where Steve is playing town songs, he's telling the story about mm-hmm. going through the, and it's very, you know, Steve Earl about going through the blinding blizzard up in Colorado. Yeah, yes, 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 yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Where he talked about uh, towns every riding year through. would ride his horse. Yeah, I just thought that was the coolest damn thing in right. the world. Yeah, ride his horse from like Cimarron to Durango. Yeah, or some, some shit. crazy shit through Raton Pass. I like that story. Uh, I hope it's true, but I, I do like that story. Yeah, yeah. And Steve's coming to town pretty soon. Is he? I yeah. don't think I've seen him since that time we saw him at Gypsy Tea Room. That's the last time I saw him. Okay, was that me and you? That's me, you, and Mrs. Mrs. Gustav, Gustav and a, a friend. A friend, yeah. Yeah. We saw who, Matthew Ryan was okay, the opening Okay, that's act. who opened for that's him. That's how we found yep. him. Yeah, that dude's good. He is good. Hadn't, hadn't bought anything other than those two albums that we got yeah. 20 years ago. I bought row. his third one, and it was pretty good, yeah. too. It came out in the early aughts. That was a good concert. Yeah. R.I.P. Gypsy Tea Room. What's there now? I don't know. I don't ever pay attention. I, I get lost in... In fact, I'm not even sure I could tell you where it was back then. I saw Wilco there with Handsome Family opening. No shit. Yeah. With fake Bailey J and her uh, way long ago. I didn't know you'd partner. ever seen The Handsome Family. Yeah. I like them. I love them. In fact, I remember when I first time I bought their CD, it, and it was I bought it without ever having heard anything. anything of them. I was just intrigued by the cover. Yeah. It was Milk and Scissors, and I want to say it was probably on a discount or something at the place I worked at the time with fake Bailey J. And I thought, man, this just—I need to try this. It just it's, mm-hmm. cr- and I looked at the names of the songs, and I'm like, this is just weird. This has got to be good. That's and the only other two, well, not the only other time. I remember I bought Butthole Surfers, Hairway to Steven on mm-hmm. the same whim. Yeah, I guess that paid off. I'm not sure. Is that the one with uh, yeah Johnny Smoke? Yes, Johnny Smoke. And that that weird ass first song that I never would listen to all the way through because it creeped me out when I was yeah. Is 12. that is. Gibby's still alive? Yeah, I think so. You know, uh now was he really Mr. Peppermint's Mr. son? Mr. Peppermint's yeah. son. That is and true. You never heard the story because TC drove Gibby from the airport and they went to Mr. Peppermint's house. Maybe he drove him from the airport to the station and then took him to Mr. Peppermint's house to drop him off. Really? Yeah. How, when, how long ago was this? Uh it would have been like before TC left the station to go to Florida. It was when he was like an intern or something. TC? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who did you think so I said? Left the station. Yeah, I remember he went and worked in Pensacola, Florida years ago for like a I don't couple remember of months. That. And then he then they laid him off. He had to come back. No, I don't, I, no, yeah. I don't remember I mean, that. It's been probably like five or six years ago. Okay. Mr. Peppermint was still alive? 
No, he was passed away, I think, oh, by okay. then. Like, Gibby had come back and was doing something with taking care of the estate. Or I think his his mom might still have been alive then. But huh. anyway. I always found that very strange. And, that and from Gibby what was... I, everything I've heard, Mr. Peppermint was super proud of Gibby. Really? Like, way to go, son. This is awesome. That's cool. And uh, I don't know how Gibby is now. I think at the time of the story, like, he was... Gibby's probably in his late fifties. I bet. Yeah, he's he? he's getting up there. Yeah, he was at the time like he'd had a kid and kind of settled down as far as Gibby's concerned. Right, and was like living in New York and painting and getting paid like a lot of money for these paintings. Wow, by our standards, maybe yeah. not New York money, but you know, yeah, because he had some cachet from being a lead singer of the Butthole Surfers. Wow, but yeah. Anyway, so handsome family that was great. Uh, I think I saw fake Bailey J's nipple at that, you know, at that uh, concert, which is oh, kind of yeah? weird. Thumbs up, fake Bailey J. I'll draw an artist uh, rendering of that for Ty in his yeah. uh, quest to turn. Was it like a big one or one of those little ones? It was a nice one. And it okay. wasn't like thumb nipple or anything, okay. you know. Like a big areola, a little areola. Uh, I don't think I could tell. Okay. Because the lighting. Gotcha. So obviously, you know, she doesn't have like a, like super dark contrast you know gotcha gotcha she's pale skin you know yeah. she's not yeah but it wasn't like she had a like shoe leather nipple okay you know well that's good it's good for her yeah it's good way for to her. go it's good for her good for proud you. of her i'm proud of her too yeah I keep trying to get her to come on <sighs> I, think, I think she doesn't trust herself with ty with ty that's probably that, like, what it he is might just turn like she just like like, she may be turning right now. Like, she just won't be able to withstand But if she saw him, even the across charm. the table, it would just yeah. be just right away. Beyond. Yeah. I'm sure that would happen. I, I'm pretty sure it happened, too. So, you know, you got to... The, um... Okay, you said you saw a Wilco and Handsome Family. Well, I bet that would be good. It was a good and show. that's back when Wilco was still good. I was about to say, it was back when Wilco was still good. It was their Summer Teeth supporting uh, tour, which... Is my last Wilco album that I 100% liked. Yeah. Because Yankee Hotel Foxtrot is okay. <sighs> yeah. But there's a couple of things on it. I'm like, like now, if one of those songs pops up. It's good now. There's a chance I skip it. Well, compared to the newer oh, stuff. compared to the new stuff. Yeah. It's, no, yeah, yeah. But it's not. No, it's. It's, the, it's that's not the anywhere border. like. Yeah. yeah. That, that's when it was like, okay, what are we doing here? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a couple of good songs. And there were a couple of good songs on that one. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. There's a light was on one of the songs off of it. Yeah, that they kind of kind of got back, but which I mean, because we've been listening to them since they started. Yeah, because we we caught the tail end of, of Uncle, Uncle Tupelo. Tupelo. Exactly. We got Anodyne was when we got into them. Yep. So we're at the last album of Sunvolt. I mean, of Uncle Tupelo, and then we seamlessly. Float into, into Sunvolt Sun and, and Wilco. And you have said it best describing Wilco currently. Remember you told me this a couple of years ago that Wilco's like that buddy you grew up with, went to high school with, and you were best friends. Then he moved off to college back east, and you still talk from time to time, but it's, it's just, just not, not the same. same. Yeah. You know? No, that's, that's it. <laughs> and, you know, I'll hear... I'll see Jeff Tweedy play a song or something, and he's like, yeah, he's, it could still be, but yeah. whereas, you know, I think 
of the two of them between Wilco, I mean, uh, Jeff Tweedy of Wilco and Jay Farrar of Sunvolt, I think you'd probably have a better time hanging out with Jeff Tweedy. You I think? could be wrong. I don't know. Farrar seems a little harder, less approachable is what I always got. Yeah. Now I'd listen to, I'll listen to Sunvolt, anything he puts out. Yeah. Now, I don't always go buy it like I used to, but. Well, I bought one five or six years ago. And it was, which I hadn't kept up with them, like I had Wilco. And evidently, did Jay Farrar go through some real bad drug issues, rehab or something? I haven't kept up close with him, so maybe. Because I I, I took that from this CD. Yeah. Of, I mean, it had some good songs on it, but it was, uh, it was seemed like he was trying to... Work no, some stuff out. Yeah, and I bought a. He did some solo stuff that I'd bought back in the mid to late nineties. Yeah, I remember that. Because he in and then he did some. They put together some like these little super group yeah. things that pop out an album. You remember like the Hilltops or something like that? I think he was involved in that. There's one song, and uh, a while back you were talking about compilation albums several weeks ago, right? There's one song, and you know, with streaming stuff and all the different services, you're not always sure what you're getting mm-hmm. sometimes. It it credits him on Slacker that he's the singer of it, and it's on some Woody Guthrie tribute album. It doesn't sound like Jay Farrar, and I never have figured out if they've just got it messed up or if he's just is singing totally different. I mean, it's no doubt it's a Woody Guthrie song, you know. It's not. Jeff Tweedy, is it? They no, it's get not that. Jeff Tweedy. No, it's it's huh. it just doesn't sound like anything that I mean. Maybe it's kind of, but it's not like oh, because okay. usually it's like you could pick the two out. It's like when you used to listen to Uncle Tupelo. There's no doubt this is a Jay song or this right. is a Jeff song. Right. Just like Drive By Truckers. We yeah, and that takes. i my wife's been working on that for a long time, and she's finally gotten it pretty good. A little gecko there. The uh, when we're listening to drive-by truckers, you know, she wants to know, she's like, okay, is, now is this Cooley or Hood? And I was like, okay, well, just just listen right. to it. Listen, you know. Yeah. Which, I mean, which you can definitely tell by voices, but I you mean. You tell by the song. It, yeah, by yeah. the song is, uh, yeah. That goes, it's interesting when you have groups that have that many good singers and songwriters right. mixed in there. I remember back when Isbell was still with them. I was reading something online, and somebody was talking about a Patterson Hood song, or Patterson Hood in general, and they're like, yeah, he's the third best song songwriter yeah. there. And I'm like, I, at the time, I don't think I had absorbed as much. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of, I'm like, is that right? Question it. You know, I was like, oh, this is just some guy being an asshole. And then as I got into it, I'm like, yeah. yeah. You know. I've, I've seen one, something like that, when Isabel left the truckers of uh you know congratulations to patterson hood for again being the second best songwriter <laughs> in the group you know which i mean which patterson writes some damn good songs right. but i mean he's awesome there's there's, there's a no complete comparison. Di- yeah i mean to me cooley's the yeah he's he's the he's the master of it hood patterson is the he's a better spokesperson for the group, I agree. He's a better front man, uh, but Mike, man, he writes some. Man, he writes some good songs. Man, I, you know, we don't see much of anything anymore. But I know I, I remember Mike Marshall was talking about how he saw 
Cooley solo acoustic at a bar in Denton only like a couple of years ago. He yeah, came through. I remember when that happened. I, mean, I can't imagine. Yeah. And it wasn't a big place, and I don't think half the people were even there for him type yeah. thing. Yeah. What I thought was cool, and every time I've seen the truckers, they've mentioned this. They always they have a special love for Denton. Yeah. And because uh, of Nate Hamilton, because of Nate Hamilton, and uh, and the flat earthers, they're they're friends with uh, Will Johnson, yeah, of Centromatic, uh, friends with Brent Best, mm-hmm. and actually the song Heathens. Uh, Patterson was saying that the last time I saw him here in Dallas, he was saying that he wrote Heathens in Denton when they had they'd been there, played I think with Centromatic maybe in Denton years right. ago. So he wrote that song. And then uh and then Will Johnson of Centromatic was also him and Jason Molina wrote an album there yep. in Denton as well. So let's and, stop and talk a little bit about Jason Molina. Oh shit. I, a lot of people haven't heard of him. I know we've mentioned him in the past, but again, we get new people, so I don't feel too bad about talking about him because he was he was one of the great tortured souls. You know, we're talking about Towns Van Zant and his hard life. Molina burned out even sooner than that. Oh, yeah. So Jason Molina was a songwriter and singer, and uh, he had a n- number of band names. But I think uh, Magnolia Electric Company is the kind of the the pen, uh, the ultimate name. That's where I it. think he finally found his groove. His- but you had Pyramid Electric Company, and, you know, there were... The first one was Songs Ohio. Uh huh. Yep. Was the first group, and then in within Songs Ohio, it's not Ohio, it's Ohio. Right. Several albums, and the last album they did, or he put out as Songs Ohio. The name of the album was Magnolia no, Electric right. Company, and it was a. It's like when he finally found the sound he was looking for, and uh, so then. The name of the group, and kind of like with Will Johnson. Will Johnson's had oh, yeah, several different groups, you know. He was, I think, he was first one. I think was Funland. Yeah, I think you're right. And then Centromatic, and then they changed to one of those creeks down by Austin. Yeah. What's the name of it? Uh, ah, golly, uh, I can't remember. But anyway, Jason Molina. They turned to uh, Magnolia Electric Company. Yeah, he's got. Man, he was a good songwriter. His songs are are sad as a general rule. Yeah. They are not straightforward narratives at all. They're almost a stream of consciousness type. They're some of my favorite songs. Yeah. And and I know I say that too damn much, but we've always been drawn to the songwriter, the tortured songwriter. The tortured too. songwriter yeah. exactly. And this guy and you know, it's tortured of, well, as a spoiler alert, he dies of basically alcoholism. Yeah, drank himself to death. And, but the songs aren't just about that. The songs are about love and they're just. What gets me towards his, in the, he's got several songs on addiction. Yes. That just, if you don't know that it's about addiction, you. would miss it. Yeah, you wouldn't know that's what he's talking about. And I mean, it just the dude could could write a song, and and what's interesting to me about him is he didn't he died by how old was he when he died? Thirty two, 
something like that. I thought he was a little bit older, but he was in his 30s. Yeah, yeah. we'll say mid-30s. Yeah. And uh, this guy didn't start drinking until his early, early 20s. He, uh, this huge, long article I read about him after he died said that uh, he didn't start drinking till after he had got his band together and they hit the road. And that's when he started drinking. And they were over in England. And I think this is when it was still Songs, Ohio. Ohio. And uh, he got really bad when they were over in England for a while, like a month or so touring. And uh, when they got back to the States, his bandmates were like, okay, you got to get, you know, they weren't used to this. They were like, right. I mean, this isn't like you. You got to get this stuff under control, you know. So he'd go to rehab and then he'd, you know, stay clean for a little while. Then he'd fall off the wagon. I mean, so, I mean, basically in a span of 15 years, he drank himself to death, right. which is and Even in crazy. the last years, didn't he uh, go try to dry out like living on a friend's farm? And- yeah, he was, because uh, I think he died in 2013, 2012, something Somewhere like around that. Somewhere there. And he had been back in rehab got out of rehab and went to West Virginia to live on a goat farm. Yeah. Had racked up tons of medical bills. Of mm-hmm. course he had, didn't have any insurance. Cause I remember there were people doing like benefit. Yeah. Stuff for him. There were, you know, other musicians trying to raise money for him to pay his medical bills. If I'm remembering right, then he went back to Indianapolis or whatever town it was, Akron or wherever he was from. And he ended up dying. Just, mm-hmm. In an apartment somewhere, you know, and uh, didn't OD, didn't, I mean, it was just his just body, body shut down. Couldn't handle you it. You know, which another one that I'm, which we got into in his early career that I am shocked is still alive is Ryan Adams. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we started with Whiskey Town off of uh, that rural free delivery. Yeah. Or I guess, no, take that back. Uh, Stranger's Almanac. Is what probably we, 94, 95, 95, 96. About 95, 96, yeah. Because I remember I heard, uh, what was it, Box Full, not Box Full Letters, uh, the one about finding the letters. Yeah, about the Korean. The Korean War. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think I may have teared up the first time I heard yeah. that. And, I mean, because that dude, he, well, I mean, that was the demise of Whiskey Town was nobody could stand right. to be around him because he remember, was such a raging alcoholic. Uh, the old No Depression magazine. Mm-hmm. And back then, you didn't see pictures of them at all. Yeah. And No Depression had like a, maybe it was a, the feature article one month. And it was the first time I ever saw a picture of him because there weren't any band photos on the, the albums. Because there was just that album and then the, the EP, uh, Real Free Delivery. And that just had pictures of a mailbox. But it was him squatting like in the, I'm not maybe sitting Indian style in a corner some room eating cake with a bottle of Jack Daniels. Yeah. And it you know, the article talked about how much he drank and everything. Yeah. yeah I I would have never thought because I he remember would still be alive. I remember I think it was a Rolling Stone article about him in maybe two thousand, two thousand and one talking about, you know, he's only been on the scene seven years, something like that, and it was talking about just what a prolific songwriter he was about just all these songs he was cranking out. And it compared him to Hank Williams Sr. Right. And at the time, Ryan was 
26, 27, and this article was saying, you know, he's he'll probably surpass Hank Williams in the number of songs that he writes and publishes, but it'll probably be about the same age. He'll burn out when he dies, you know. And they were talking about the amount of cocaine that he would do a day and the amount that he, I mean, it was like, holy shit. I mean, this dude was just a raging maniac. Well, and I mean, we, put out some good music. Put out some good music. We also, I mean, we didn't get in quite as early on Steve Earle, but we certainly got in on the cocaine years. Oh, yeah. Because uh, first time we saw him was at Farm Aid. <laughs> Hot, I, I assume, and I think it's a pretty safe assumption, Hopped up on so much coke because he came out. I'd say, well, that or meth. It could have been meth, but he came out and played solo with just a mandolin, which is not the ideal solo instrument. Copperhead Road faster than I've ever seen played. Yeah, and that was it. Yep it It was almost like the uh, the Steve Earls. I mean, the Robert Earl Keen story. Yes, about, about Bluegrass <laughs> Widow. And, yeah. yeah. That, they could play you know, faster. high on amphetamines, and they could play faster than anybody at the Bluegrass Festival. Came in second place. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, yeah, but Jason Molina. If you don't, if you're not familiar with him, check him out. His, I would be hard pressed to even pick a starting point because there's so much good stuff. I think I would work my way backwards. I would pick up that. Um, Josephine's really good, but it's a completely different sound. I know it is, but if if you're going to get it, Josephine, I think, is the the easiest. Because Josephine, that album is what I found that led us down the path. Okay. Now, I like the, there's a four-disc set that Sojourner. Yes. Yeah. And I never can remember which one's the better one. And, uh, or which, which of those is better. But I mean, yeah, it's what's interesting in some of his early stuff, it really has a Neil Young feel as far as the guitar. Yeah. He has a lot of that Neil Young crazy horse yeah. days. Yeah. Not, yeah, not Neil Young acoustic style. Um, but in, in general, it's more alt country, I guess is what I would peg it into. Yeah. If you had to pick something, if you had to, Pigeonhole it into something. I'd say an alt country, kind of like late nineties alt country. The uh, if you're familiar with Centromatic, yeah, which I'd kind of peg it right in there with that. Not as upbeat as Centromatic, no, no. But like you said, he and Will Johnson did collaborate. I can't remember what that album was called. It's called Johnson and Molina. Ah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. There's and it's s- not. It's not a great album. There's a there, few there's good, couple songs. good songs on it. There's a couple, but yeah. Jason Molina is one of those people that not enough people knew about when he was alive, and I'm afraid even less will know about now that he's gone, but that's good stuff. That's um, Hope Dies Last. That's a great song. It's just so many. There. Yeah, yeah. there's one. What's that one about the city? Uh has the trumpet in it. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And I like the... Uh, was it Sometimes the Dark Don't Hide It? I like that yeah, driving. Sometimes the Dark Don't Hide It. Um Oh, we could just yeah, sit here. I mean, but it's, it's great stuff. Seek him out. Find. Okay, what? Yes, uh, seek him out. What's your take? Hold on. Go back and find old Whiskey Town. So if all you know is Ryan Adams solo. Yeah, if all you know is his pop stuff. And that is a 
coin flip of whether or not it's good. I love Ryan Adams. Yeah. But and that you know, we have a friend, a mutual friend that we grew up with that oh. absolutely adores Ryan yeah. Adams. And I used to feel bad on Facebook because she would get excited about something. I'm like, eh, yeah, let's wait and you, see what it's gonna be know. like. But his whiskey town stuff. Whiskey Whew. town is better than almost anything he's ever done solo as a whole. Yeah. As a as a body of work. Yeah. As a as an album. Yeah. That yeah. uh okay. absolutely. So, sorry. Okay, what is your take on I've heard a little bit of this dude, never ventured in deep. What I've heard I've liked. He's in concert tonight. We have some mutual friends there. Right. Father John Misty. I enjoyed his first album. Okay. I that's about the extent of it. Okay. I, which I couldn't name a song that he sings. When I hear it, I'm like Yeah, when you hear it, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's good. I like that. Uh I think and so, you know, Father John Misty is the band. Right. Josh, I can't remember his last name. I don't think I'd like to hang out with him. I think he's really full of himself. That's the impression I get. Yeah. And probably what famous musician isn't. Exactly. So I get that. But now that we have a a pulpit of social media, mm-hmm. I think it exposes itself more. You yeah. know, like I probably wouldn't like hanging out with you know Mick Jagger either really right but I don't have Mick Jagger you know yeah but just I mean it seems when people talk about Father John Misty it's like they're prophets or something yeah you know no that's that's exactly I mean, I'm like what am I missing out on here but what I've heard from them I kind of liken it to Jason Molina or Centromatic I mean kind of a yeah that that that, that first vein. album was yeah I think he's gotten into a lot more kind of and i i haven't kept up with them as much but i could almost see just like we've talked about with uh wilco earlier and mm-hmm. off air where you and i were talking about sturgill, sturgill simpson yeah i think maybe they've started doing Some different things experimenting and you know i like what i like and i don't like what i don't like and you can go make whatever you want it's right. your art but doesn't mean it's I'm like, going to follow it it's like necessarily. Dylan showing up with an electric guitar. I don't think it's that bad. I think it's more akin to what Neil Young did in the 80s. Ah, uh, I got you. As far as yeah. that type of thing. You go be you, Neil. You right. know, that's great. You ever heard the story behind that? About what he started doing? When when he changed to that synth stuff in the 80s and was that, started doing that really right. weird stuff. Like Transformer Man. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, he's... Two of his kids are autistic. Have, yeah. Or no, no, are they, are is they, it, s- is it cerebral palsy? Maybe it's CP, yeah. Yeah, I think it's maybe Something it's cerebral like palsy. I mean, yeah. but like really, really bad. Yes. Ex- I mean, yeah. toward the, I mean, they're nonverbal. They, yeah. you know, but he realized, and I guess it was in the early 80s, that with his music, when he'd play for his son, that the one thing that his son responded to responded to was the synth sounds. I had never heard that, but I didn't know his kids had and, uh, uh, were pretty uh, far gone. Was the synth sound? So he started making music to try and reach that them. His son would respond to and stuff. I'm like, wow, that's pretty. Like, that's amazing that one family had, had two kids with that. I but mean, I mean, that's, that's a genetic. Uh, well, I know it's genetic, but it's not a, it's a, what's that called? A de novo or. Right. 
I mean, it's not a inherited no, but genetics, it's, but, it's but still, it's, it, I, I never have looked at what the probability of it could be, but I would certainly say if you already have it, you probably have a. Well, I think it's just the same probability of the the single one. I mean, because it's de novo genetic mutation. Yeah, I bet there's probably an extra. I mean, it'd be like having, well, you know, if you're in your twenties and have, if you're in your twenties and have a kid with Down syndrome, I mean, the chances of having another one three years later with Down syndrome that'd be pretty rare, I would think. We'll have to do some research on this. Okay. <laughs> And and I think I, I think a higher probability is too is a higher probability sounds more like oh it's more common or it's more likely to happen than it's just a greater chance yeah like and the greater chance might be one in a hundred thousand births might go to one in seventy thousand births type you right know, right the window is it's still it's it narrows but it's still big yeah it's still probably big yeah yeah. Bill, I always thought that was fascinating or interesting. I hadn't heard that. Neil's change of music now, that style explain, in the 80s. Uh, no, it doesn't explain a lot of shit. The shocking pinks or no, no. Uh, several other things that yeah. happened along yeah. the I do doesn't. like, uh, and I'm, it may be apocryphal, uh, you know, he was under contract to Geffen for a certain number of albums because it's such a different time back then. Like they paid him for right 13 albums and then he had made probably 10 that sucked. Yeah. And then, because uh, that's about the time that we got into him, which was off of that Rockin' in the Free World album. What was that, Ragged Glory? No, that was, Ragged Glory was after Rockin' in the Free World. Was it? Yeah. yeah. It was the album, it was the next album. Yeah. What was Rockin' in the Free World? That was, uh, what album was that? That was Rockin' in the Free World. Was, was the name of the album? album? Yeah. Okay. Which is. Yeah, Ragged Glory was the next one. Yeah. And I, I think to, Finished out the thirteenth one. He just mixed up a bunch of alternate tracks and cuts from those other shitty ones yeah. and just stuck them on there and said, or maybe Geffen did it. I don't know who right. who did it, but it was to it the, was called Unlucky Thirteen. Yes, that, I remember that one, which has a couple of versions of some songs. I bought it because that yeah. was back when bought everything. Yeah, not too bad. One of the best stories I've ever heard of the artist Dwight. Sticking it to the record company was Dwight with his Acoustic.net album. Which is fantastic. If you like Dwight, even partially like Dwight Yoakam. Dwight Yoakam, not Dwight Schrute. If you like Dwight Yoakam, even passing, it's his best album. Yeah. I think. Yeah. What he did, he was under contract with whatever record label it was to, uh, you know, like, they did in the old days. You got to produce this many albums for us. Well, evidently, I think he thought that he was done with them. So he was wanting to sign with a different label. And this record company was like, oh, no, 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 no. You still owe us one. So basically, he went into his bathroom with his guitar and sat there and turned on a tape recorder and recorded. God, how many songs are on that? Like 20 or something. Yeah, it's it? a lot. Like 20 is his best songs. He just sits there. And does them acoustic. Some of it's uh, acapella, you know, no guitar at all. And uh, it's just him. And yeah. it's freaking unbelievable. It's, it's wonderful. Great, great, great. And then the the CD, it's just a blank seat. I mean, it's just a blank as far as imagery. There's mm-hmm. nothing printed on it. The uh, When I 
actually bought the CD in the record store. It has no liner inserts or anything. It's just, it just a label stuck on it. It just had a, a white sticker stuck yeah. on it. It said Dwight Yoakam. Uh, Acoustic.net. Acoustic.net. He was like, here's your freaking last album. I'm it's, out. It's great. Yeah. That, it's wonderful. That version of uh, Reading, Writing, Route 23. Uh, have you ever seen him? I've never seen him. I haven't either. I would love to see yeah, him. Yeah, we need to we need to mark that one off. Yeah. You know he's he just he I think he would be fun to hang out I, with. I absolutely think he would be fun to hang out with. So, you know, he, he got into acting. He yeah. was in Sling Blade. Great. Exactly. But have you ever seen him in those cranked movies with Jason Statham? No. Where he plays a doctor? No. Like this shady doctor uh-uh. that's always on the phone trying to talk him through you know, okay, you gotta keep your heart rate up and you know, <laughs> Jason Statham's, you know, fucking his uh girlfriend on the street in front of a bus full of chinese tourists or something you know it's those are funny what is movies. this on cranked it's um the movies? movies yeah there's cranked and there's cranked too i think with jason Statham, jason the Statham, british guy you're the british guy he's I like, like that guy oh he, he does action movies and yeah, stuff, right? yeah okay and this is funny it's an action okay. movie that he has to keep his heart rate up above a certain point i've never even heard of so him. he has to do all this crazy shit and Dwight Yoakam is his doctor that's trying to talk him through. That's funny. That's funny. One of the funny story I heard on Dwight that was uh, an interview I saw. I guess I saw it on YouTube of with Ray Wiley Hubbard, and Ray Wiley had written this really good, supposed this really good s- screenplay of a Texas western movie. Mm-hmm. It took place in West Texas. Well. uh he had showed it to some folks, and they were like, "Yes, this is this is good. You need to pursue somebody taking this over." He's like, "Well, the only person I knew in the movie business was Chris <laughs> Christopherson." He said, "So I get a hold of Christopherson. He reads it, and he says it's good." He said, "Well, he puts me in contact with this director or who or some other movie person." Right. As as it would go, he has to basically sell the rights to it and then they butcher it up yeah then go to canada to make the movie because it's cheaper to make and he's like no what you know he's like this is supposed it's set in west texas it's supposed to it's got to be filmed in texas you know he said the one thing they did do right was uh he said there's a you know of course it's a western so there's got to be a bad guy said uh they cast dwight yokum to be the bad guy and this is the funny line he's he said uh if you're Making a movie and you're looking for somebody to play a son of a bitch, Dwight Yoakam's your guy. <laughs> <laughs> was that that South of Heaven, West of Hell? I can't remember what it was. I think it, that had Dwight Yoakam. He, he said it was an awful movie. Yeah. He said it ended up being horrible. He said, I'm ashamed to even say I wrote it. That's you know? funny. But he said, but if you're looking for somebody to play a son of a bitch, Dwight Yoakam's the guy. That reminds me... Uh, Which, that's all... a good storyteller. Have you ever yes. seen him? Yes, I have. In, oh, man. That yeah. dude. I used to see him at Poor David Pub when he when he kind of he kind of came back mm-hmm. and did uh, Loco Gringo's Lament the, that album late nineties yeah yeah, yeah. now yeah, I he, haven't seen him as intimately as you have because you've seen him like uh, in a living room basically haven't you or was that that been Mrs uh, Longmire no I saw Jimmy Lafave in a living room okay maybe I saw I know you saw him but I think uh, I bet you if you ask Mrs Longmire I think she's seen him in a living room I think I think she might have we saw uh, oh who's the steel guitar player Lloyd Maines Lloyd Maines and uh, oh what's that girl Terry Hendricks yeah I've seen them in a living room a couple of times 
And it's so weird, people like that that you've seen, like it playing, you know, Billy like, Bob, like Lloyd Maines behind Jerry Jeff Walker. And, yeah, you know, you know, playing these huge shows, and then you're sitting there. I'm, I'm sitting from me to you, yeah. like four foot away from him, and uh, then you know, sit there and shoot the bull with him for a little bit. Right. It's like Will Johnson does a bunch of those living room shows now. That'd be so cool to go see him in somebody's living room. Right. That uh, yeah. I mean, it would. Another guy that nobody's ever heard of, and I'm, we're almost done, but while I'm thinking about it, so the guy from Haynes Boys. Oh, what's that dude's name? Uh, holy shit, it's escaping me right now. I saw a YouTube clip of him just standing up in somebody's living room playing old Haynes Boys songs. That was such a good album. Uh, they just had that one, one album, album, didn't they? As far as I've ever found. Yeah. So damn good. Man, that's good. Good, and good, I can't good. think of his name right now. And he's done. He had one super good solo album. He had another one that had a couple of good things on it, but one was just start to finish. And it's going to kill me that I can't think of his name right now. I, you gave me those. And yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't like them as much as I did Haynes the Boys. Haynes well, Boys stuff. Haynes Boys was great. That was one of those. You know, they came out. I think it. God, there was so much good. Alt country. That was the alt country in the late nineties, golden age, right there. Yeah, I mean, because you had the um, oh shit, where the guy shooting throwing rocks, rocks to the moon, backsliders, the backsliders, and you had uh broke down in Indianapolis, <laughs> the bottle rockets, the bottle rockets. You had those guys, and uh, uh, there's so much hang dogs, Monopoly on the blues. God Almighty, I forgot about that. Yeah, there's there was who a was lot in of the hang dogs? What? Who was in the Hang Dogs? Nobody we know. I really? saw them one time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where they went to, but yeah, and that's when Slade Cleaves came Slade out. Cleaves. He was good. His first one was really good. God, I uh, forgot about the Hang Dogs. And who was Slobberbone was kicking it? Back oh, then. Slobberbone. Who was uh, throwing rocks at the moon? Backsliders. Backsliders. Okay. Although that's hard to find now, and I'm not sure I've even got my copy anymore. I think I it got lost. See, I was thinking that that album. Was the Bottle Rockets, but no, that's, that's the backsliders. backsliders. Yeah, and there may be another band that's calling themselves that because I've seen other backslider stuff and it didn't sound the same. But it could be maybe they don't have a, the same leader anymore. But yeah, yeah, that was a great yeah, that, time for alt country. Yeah, that was way different than what they're trying to pass off as. Yeah, it's just alt it's, country now. Yeah, I it's mean, not the same. No, it's, I mean, it's pretty boy country now. Well, we're getting old, guys. We are old and. I mean, I still find a few new things, but I don't seek out new music. I don't either. I'm just pretty content with... I've got a bunch. And, you know, I might dig deeper into other stuff, and I've been... I found a band, and you can look them up, and you may not like them at all. They've got some kind of alt-country sound. They were one of those ones that kind of had been around a long time somewhere and just kind of passed in and out of stuff. But uh, Velvet Crush, I'll try Hmm. to pick up a couple of songs that kind of, and they're not, they're not like familiar. They're not, you know, I'd never heard yeah. of them. They're not anything that you're going to be like, holy shit, you know. Right. But it's like, oh, well, it's kind of, yeah. They kind of fit into that um, jangly guitar, Matthew Sweet, okay, type yeah. world, yeah. And I also got, and I, I remember them when they came out, and I, they even were on Saturday Night Live in the late '80s, and it was kind of like, holy shit. But Teenage Fan Club, I've kind of, I remember them. Uh, a lack of them too, yeah. their old stuff. Which I, I mean, I go from I like that style stuff, and then just rock. 
Right. You know, it's hard to find rock nowadays. Uh, do they even make rock nowadays? I, the Black Keys. Yeah, that's I mean, that's rock. That's, that's rock. And uh, this other group, and I guess it's rock. Yeah, that's what I'm going to call it. It's rock. The Japan Droids. Yeah. You know them? Yeah, I know them. Yeah, I like some of their stuff. What was it? Uh, the one song I really like, because it's shit, it's like seven years old now. Uh, is it Heart Sweats? I don't know the names of any of the songs. I mean, yeah, the, anyway, but yes. The, uh, and then, group that you turned me on to. Uh, Ghostland? Ghostland Observatory. Holy shit. I still listen to that. That's great. That's, that's and, uh, music straight into your uh, well, central nervous system right there. I remember when Gus was telling, it was when you were still doing Slacker, I guess. I still do Slacker. Oh, you yeah. still do Slacker? You're like, man, you got to listen to this. And I was like, what is it? And he's like, Gus said, the only way I can explain it is if somebody poured liquid electricity straight into your ear. And it was, uh, oh, uh, what song is it? There's two that are just really that badass. That one is the, uh, that starts off, that one? Yeah, that yeah. one. And, uh, oh, shit. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Yeah. And that's uh, two dudes. Yeah, I know Japan it. Droids is two dudes. Yeah, I know both of them, too. Yeah. They're, Japan Droids are Canadian. Ghostland is Austin. Austin. Have you ever listened to, uh, shit, speaking of Austin, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club? Club. Yeah, I've heard some some of it, yeah. They've got some decent stuff. But yeah, I mean, as far as just rock, it's it's hard. I mean, Black Keys are kind of the standard bearer now, I guess. I I don't know how exactly I, I got onto it. You talk about YouTube wormholes. Yeah. So I watched a, uh, Classic albums of a Steely Dan where they oh, broke down. Uh, no, fuck. hold on. Anyway, they broke down a whole like track by track and all their musicians and stuff, which is fascinating. Steely Dan, they were craftsmen. But anyway, Mm-mm. then I got onto a Pink Floyd kick. Huh. Started watching Pink Floyd documentaries because I I always think about like why are you pissed off? You know what? You know we were talking about the band several weeks back uh-huh. and how that. I'm like, well. Pink Floyd don't like each other. You know, let me get down to the genesis, you know, what's that? So I watched all that. I spent like a whole day. I mean, it was on while I was working. It wasn't right. just like me sitting there. But it's fascinating when to see these egos of these people that can't get along when yeah. they basically have everything in their case. You know, right. I mean, all the money they could want or need. And who else did I watch? Uh, another fast one that was like, they were they were watching out for each other where they made sure oh it was queen which i'm i've never been a queen fan there's some really good queen and then there's some stuff i'm like holy shit what yeah. are you doing and it was one of those ones where they kind of watched out and they would make an album again talking about like drive by truckers where everybody had a song mm-hmm. everybody had songs on the album writing credits so they all shared in right it wasn't like Everybody's names on every song type thing, which some bands do, which is pretty genius. But it was everybody got their turn, and even some like the bass player is pretty quiet. He had like three of the biggest hits they ever had. He wrote them, huh. so he was set right. And he walked away after Freddie died and just Not couldn't even, handle it yeah. anymore. Yeah, but yeah, I could watch that stuff all day. Bands fascinate me. It, it is interesting the way, especially when you have multiple talented people. Like I've always wondered. If, like, in the 80s, one of the biggest, most popular bands, you talk about hits, was Genesis. Right. And did Peter Gabriel just leave, or did they kick him out? 
I think he left, but he left in the seventies. He left right. before they ever. Right. He left before they ever got big. If they were a prog rock band and well thought of, but they never had commercial success. I think and, he just left. Okay, I could be wrong. And then Phil Collins comes along, and well, they he get, no, he was the drummer. Phil Collins was the he, drummer, and he just moved forward and not moved forward. I mean, they just cleared out, and he sang then. So he was in there with Peter Gabriel? I believe I so. I thought Phil Collins came in after Peter Gabriel left. I think he was in there, and he just stepped up. Oh, okay. I could be wrong. Fact check me, right. you know, whoever wants to. But I think he just, like, well, okay, I'll do it. I was thinking they brought him in because they needed a singer afterwards. I think he just, just stepped, stepped up. up. Now, okay. he may not have been there from the start. I don't know yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to say he just filled I mean, the gap. Because you think about, oh, it's fucking Genesis. But then you th- if you just look through their songs, you're like, crap. It's the 80s. I mean, it's yeah. like our childhood. Those, those dudes, they cranked out some hits, man. Illegal Alien. You ever heard that one? Mm-mm. It's insane. So I remember the video coming out about 83, 84, and it's the basic hook of the song is it ain't no fun being an illegal alien, okay? And it's the video's crazy because it's Phil Collins dressed up as like, with a fake mustache and stuff, and <laughs> it's, a Mexican, and a Mexican, you know, <laughs> trying to get across. It's it's pretty offensive by today's standards. Right. I think it's on YouTube if you want to check it out. He's an interesting dude, noted uh, Alamo historian. Exactly. That just that's amazing. Well, and isn't it weird that you know, you th- we know uh, we know a noted crazy Texas historian. I mean, what's so weird about that? Well, when you get into ar- artifacts. Because what's interesting to me is you would think, okay, somebody finds, you know, all the artifacts that are worth anything, they're in a museum somewhere. No, 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 no. But they're actually not. Haven't they're in you personal ever seen collections. a documentary called Indiana Jones? <laughs> all four of them. Well, yeah. I don't count the fourth one. The uh, This belongs in a museum. See, I mean, that's that the, right uh, there proves. Yeah. We, we should have but already been conditioned. To expect that rich people buy up all the cool stuff. Yeah. But it's, to me, just fascinating the plethora of stuff that Phil Collins had. It's all in, that Genesis money. And in, in his laser light show money. Oh, that's right. You're right. He was the one that owned in the 80s when laser light shows got big and in concerts. They, co- I never got to see one of those. That was his company. Did you did ever go that. to any of those? I think I saw one at Fiesta, Texas in San Antonio yeah. one time. And uh, it was supposed to be really spectacular. I it think was you'd like, have to be eh. altered for it to be really yeah. spectacular. Yeah. What's that? Isn't that that Drive By Trucker song, uh, Let There Be Rock, when he's talking yeah. about <laughs> spiders? Yeah. All right. Uh, I think we're probably at our, our stopping point time-wise. We don't want to wear the people out with music talk. but um, Music what? I talk. I can't talk. Okay. Third third episode in. We always right. get a little loose. Um, Heard a W in there. You make fun of my speech impediment now, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. If you want to weigh in on alt country of the late 90s or your favorite songwriters, email us at canyouhearmepod at gmail.com. And I guess we'll talk to you later. Adios. Bye. I said, okay, kids. He says, she said, it's uh, time for science. Today we're going to study the universe and the solar system and stars and all that stuff. And she said, now that our sun and our solar system is a star. And we all, you know, stars burn out. And just kept on talking and Tan said, 
slapped him in the side of his head and he said, excuse me, you telling me the sun's burning out? He said, I got to shine my shoes, be here on time, do my homework, sit up straight, and the fucking sun's burning out? He said, hold it. <laughs> he said, from that day on, that's the way he lived his life, was, excuse me, the sun's burning out, are you hip, man? Fuck this. I did this in tribute to the Front Porch Boys, which was a bluegrass band I was in in College Station, Texas. We're a little four-piece band that played weddings and parties and out on the porch and beer joints and one weekend on a handful of cheap amphetamines we decided to go to Crockett, Texas. We entered the International Bluegrass Band Competition and took second place. We could play faster than anybody in the competition. The other two bands took first and third, respectively. I met some friends and went off into the night separated from the front porch boys and met back up with them in the cold gray light of dawn, as the bluegrass songs say. They were standing underneath a giant pine tree there Crockett singing the rudest, most grotesque, nastiest bluegrass songs you've ever heard in your life. I'm talking about the kind of song where not, a, not only is the character in the song dead by the end of the song, but he's been dismembered as well. And the front porch boy stopped and looked up at me just long enough to say, we're taking bluegrass music where it's never been before. And we're not taking you with us Cause you don't have that high and lonesome sound That bluegrass music requires Well, I'm not one to fight failure I packed up my stuff and left The front porch boys broke up three days later When they realized that I owned the PA system And world-class championship wrestling I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Saldy Good night from Dallas, Texas